Without further ado, let's uh, bring in Yael Osowski. Yael, it's a pleasure, my friend. I hope all is well. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you, Joe. Thanks so much for having me back on. I tell you, it's very, very difficult uh, to fill in for you, which I've done a couple times. Uh, but man, when you got to crunch in for that last hour of a beautiful week, that's the toughest part. Well, I got to say, you, know, you obviously way brighter than I am when it comes to all of the technical sides of these things, because all of a sudden I noticed as I was heading out that our Facebook video and our digital platforms had you embedded in downtown Wilmington from Vienna, Austria. I mean, how does one work that sort of magic in the broadcast world? Well, I'd love, um, I've been catching up on the old Star Trek episodes, and let's just say I found a way to beam up and to beam around around the world. So, yeah, I got to hang out in downtown Wilmington there for a bit, just plopped down my microphone uh, right in the center, and then that's the, the beauty of the internet. Hey, Yael, you sent me a graphic in our email exchange earlier today, just reiterating something that we talk about uh, you know, almost on a daily basis. Anything, anything funded by government is often uh, inefficient, and uh, you know, wedded to this narrative that has been put out there by many, that this centralized way of life is the best way of life for we, the people, and the individuals that we all are. I mean, we look at this industry in terms of healthcare and uh, what we've seen over the last uh, couple of decades. I mean, adding thousands of unproductive administrators to the cost of healthcare. You can look at education as well. All in the while, the people with boots on the ground, their numbers basically have remained stagnant when it comes to doctors, healthcare workers, and providers. Uh, those people, well, they're relatively the same number of people treating, uh, well, the thousands and millions of people around the country, while unproductive administrators have now become kind of the way of life, which has ultimately resulted in less quality of care and more costly care for you and me, the consumer. Yeah, I think if we go back, this is a, a chart uh, that I found that maps the growth in the number of doctors versus the growth in the number of hospital administrators. And what we see is that the doctors are on kind of a flat line. Meanwhile, the administrators are peaking up exponentially and specifically at various points whenever there is some type of new federal regulation that has new mandates, new costs, new coverage. And every single time that one of these things passed, because there's so much more compliance and so many more regulations to deal with, hospitals basically have to hire more people to deal with bureaucracy. And how is that funded at the end of the day? Well, it just makes it more expensive to go to the hospital. It means the insurers are billed more. It means your insurance costs go up. And, it, you know, there are entire studies that are done in business schools about how growing bureaucracy within large organizations are a threat to businesses' missions. It's as if we don't actually take that same cost analysis and put it into what happens when we have government programs. And I think that's the, the most troubling part about all of this is you can have the greatest of intentions and the best of plans and they want to pass this tri you know, trillion dollar plan here, the trillion dollar plan here. But what that really means at the end of the day is you're going to grow something and you're likely going to grow the cost of having to deal with these new regulations. And I think for entrepreneurs out there, for business owners, you know, they've had to hire more lawyers. They've had to get more people on their staff to deal with paperwork. That means that costs across the board are going up. You add that plus inflation. 
it's not really looking good for uh, those who are, are in uh, public office. Uh, it's great to have your show here, Joe, so you can actually speak to them directly. I heard you talking to the mayor there. Uh, so, you know, at least at a local level, uh, there is a way to maybe counter this a little bit. But, man, it is impossible at a federal level, let me tell you. And, uh, of course, the argument will be made, well, we need all these different administrators, again, to uh, oversee all of the different layers of bureaucracy that we've put in and all the different paperwork. And, uh, and you know, as you're arguing here, uh, that, in fact, uh, just because we add layers of bureaucracy uh, uh, to the way in which uh, we consume uh, doesn't necessarily work out better for uh, the people that, well, they intend to help out as they campaign and push uh, these sorts of different initiatives. And what you're going to find is, you know, entrepreneurs are smart. They understand prices, they understand signals, uh, and basically what they're going to see is with all of the costs that are coming with all this administration and regulation you need to do, they're going to opt out. That's what a lot of direct primary care doctors do. I know there's some very good ones in Wilmington. They go around the system. They don't accept insurance. You only have a subscription with your doctor. They don't deal with all the stuff that Obamacare uh, basically said that they had to do. They don't have to deal with all the insurance regulations. And we're going to see that more and more with basically everything that comes up. I know there's going to be a lot of different mandates and regulations and rules. And when we look at healthcare, you know, it's really no accident that the cost have skyrocketed. It really has to do with the amount of time, energy, regulation, uh, required taxation, all this kind of stuff that the government has put onto uh, local hospital systems. And there's all types of reforms that they could be doing at the state level easily to do this. Let's look at certif uh, certificate of need laws. That's a big one right there. Basically, every single uh, hospital or health center that wants to be built has to essentially go around and ask permission from all of its competitors if it's allowed to build up to make sure that there's enough need. It's this kind of stuff that makes it so that we don't have as many facilities, perhaps, as, as we might have. And it's just a way for the cronies uh, to stay in charge, Joe. And that's something that we're definitely pushing against. Uh, cronies are always in our crosshairs because when we have crony relationships, when we have crony capitalism, uh, somebody's getting screwed, and usually it's the taxpayer. Yael Osowski with the Consumer Choice Center, uh, of course, uh, co-hosts the Consumer Choice Radio Show with his tag team partner, David Clement, uh, Saturdays at 10 a.m. here on the Big Talker FM. Yael, always interested to hear some of the news uh, coming out of your neck of the woods on the other side of the pond out in Vienna and through the European Union. Uh, what has uh, chapped your hide as of late uh, when it comes to uh, news out of the EU? Actually, there's a good one that has to do with our, our uh, President Joe Biden. Uh, so apparently the Austrian chancellor, uh, so that's essentially the president of Austria, youngish guy, Joe, he's younger than you. This guy's about 33 years old, so just a bit, tad bit older than me. He was at the UN, uh, as there were many people. You know, Joe Biden gave his UN speech. Apparently, Sebastian Kutz, um, again, young guy, he was checking his phone while Joe Biden was speaking and at some points appeared to nod off. <laughs> and he got, of course, blasted throughout the media here. But I see it as, well, probably the speech was incredibly boring and there was no value. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a guy's got to check his messages. I mean, he's probably got a, a couple more important things to do than to listen to uh, Joe Biden kind of, uh, you know, waffle back and forth up there on the stand. So that, that's definitely been a big one in the, <laughs> the last couple of days. I mean, uh, as, as someone uh, you know, who, who was also you know, snoozing away as uh, Grandpa Joe was speaking to the U.N. about climate and the pandemic, uh, you know, he's in lower Manhattan. 
he's probably you know on tinder uh, you know sliding right slipping left uh, looking at all the, the honeys out there in lower manhattan all the high-priced uh, chicas out there saying man i'm a young buck i'm running a nation i'm sure there's some lovely ladies around here that would love to introduce uh, themselves to me here so maybe i'm looking at some other things going on you know in the hustle and bustle of uh, the big apple rather than listening to uh, you know a geriatric uh, you know speak for 25 minutes yeah, and it's it's interesting to have Joe Biden. I mean, I want to talk about that for a second because I think it's very important. We heard throughout the last, you know, five, six years that Trump was eviscerating norms, right? This was the big thing. He's, oh, he's doing things completely dictator. He's, you know, all of our standing in the world is just being obliterated and torn up. Then we hear about this submarine deal. Uh, to, to give a little bit of context uh, for some of your listeners, essentially Australia was going to buy a bunch of subs, submarines from France. Uh, they came to the U.S. and said, can we get some nuclear ones? We have an existing deal from France, but we really would love to have them nuclear-powered submarines. The U.S. and the Biden administration says, yes, of course, we know it'll screw things over with the French, but uh, let's go, let's go. And with that, basically you have France that's out there on a tear against the United States saying that we're a terrible ally, we're not doing great things. You add that to what happened in Afghanistan. Not a good look for the U.S. And there's not really a point at which, particularly those in the media and those who are in the establishment, sit down and say, actually, uh, all those things that we used to say about Trump are actually true of Biden, (laughs) and uh, probably a lot worse. So I I know it wasn't on on the the kind of docket for, for talking about that, but man, this is the kind of stuff that particularly with more and more that we're learning about what's happening in the Biden administration. It's just a lot of the stuff that they said was true about Trump ends up being true about Biden. And uh, it's just not very good for for us if we go to this back and forth. You know, let's look to more uh, of a limited government system where you and I have more power. We don't have to concentrate as much on D.C. and what's happening there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get a little bit of our liberties back, Joe. Well, and as you heard of our uh, our mayor just in the last hour talked about how, well, the federal government, you know, up to the news in debt, state government not, uh, you know, in position to help out in certain ways. And uh, his hope, uh, uh, like in places such as South Carolina, his hope in North Carolina, uh, they give some of these decision rights when it comes to things like infrastructure and other sorts of issues that we face, you know, give some of those decision rights uh, to uh, you know, the local government to get a handle on it because it doesn't seem as, as if the federal government, in some cases the state government, is doing anything uh, to help better the situation on the ground that we have here in Wilmington and elsewhere uh, around our country. Yeah, there's this uh, new movie out with uh, Michael Keaton, I believe, and it's about the guy who has to distribute all the money after 9-11 to all of the victims and the whole process and all of that works. You know, imagine that times about $8 trillion. And that's what's happening with all of the money from all of these infrastructure, stimulus, COVID. I mean, we're learning more about the CARES Act uh, that was passed uh, during the Trump administration and essentially was a huge corporate bailout. And that means that you and me paid uh, so that a a bunch of companies didn't have to go bankrupt. We're going to have to pay in higher taxes. We're going to be paying with higher prices. We already are. This is the kind of stuff, the centralization of power, centralization of our finances, not a good look. And I really like what the mayor was saying there. I like any anyone who is in local government or in, in a state government and actually is standing up against this and saying that we should have more decision rights, more power. That's definitely someone to follow. So very, very interesting on that front. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we only have a couple of minutes, uh, but I want to talk about a new feature uh, that you'll be uh, in. Uh, in- 
uh, moving towards uh, over at the Consumer Choice Center, uh, talk about uh, the launch of a new uh, sort of uh, you know, topic that I know you're versed in and very passionate about, uh, and that's uh, you know in this cryptocurrency world that uh, some of us are, are living in. Uh, what will the Consumer Choice Center be doing uh, as far as following this news, whether it be you know across the pond or right here in the U.S.? Because a lot of talk of regulation, taxation, this, that, and the other uh, in the crypto world. Yeah, and here's where I think uh, a lot of North Carolina officials and leaders could make a stand and actually do some good. And we're very lucky because our own North Carolina congressman, Patrick McHenry, he's in the 10th district out there, Gastonia, uh, just west of Charlotte. Uh, he's the ranking chair on the House Finance Committee. So he's got a good opportunity. He's actually got Bitcoin in his Twitter bio. So he's all in. But what we're facing right now is that you have this entirely new industry that's popped up everything related to crypto, to cryptocurrencies. It's the way to digitize assets. And what the government is doing, specifically the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, who Elon Musk has said he has absolutely no respect for at all, which I understand, uh, what they're doing is they're going around suing various cryptocurrency exchanges and companies, and we just don't have any kind of laws. We don't have any sort of basement that everybody can look at and say, these are the rules of the game. So what we're working on is actually establishing the principles for smart regulation of crypto and cryptocurrencies. We're looking at things like fraud being the number one thing you looked at, fraud. Uh, we need to have reasonable taxation. This is not just uh, like they did out in Colorado and California, you know, stamp a 30% tax. Uh, we, it has to be very reasonable. We need to make sure that we have legal certainty. I mean, that's definitely true because right now, many of these companies and innovators and entrepreneurs, and there are a good amount in North Carolina as well, they don't know the rules of the game. They don't know what they're able to set up. And lastly, just a kind of technologically neutral approach. I know a lot of this, this tech and Bitcoin and crypto stuff, it goes over a lot of people's heads, but all you need to think is this is a monetary value it is something that is not printed by the government. It's something that's checked by algorithms. It's something that is decentralized. I've got my own Bitcoin node running at my house. I'm able to check transactions. And we have such an innovative field that is right in front of us. And unfortunately, many in Washington, we have Elizabeth Warren, who's a senator, who's talking about it and saying it's all a scam. We need to delete it right away. The SEC wants to just clamp down and tax it into oblivion because the guys in Wall Street are scared. And the thing about crypto is, when you really think about it, it is the number one boon to Main Street, to ordinary people who are seeing their savings being chipped away by inflation, who are seeing the stock market pay some dividends one day, go down the next. There's a way that we can actually opt out. We mentioned that before with the administrative uh, growth in the hospital sector. Imagine that cryptocurrencies are a way of opting out of the debt cycle, of the inflation cycle. We need to have smart rules. Uh, we wrote a paper on that. That's over on consumerchoicecenter.org. We're working on this. We're talking with lawmakers. We're, we're trying to sit down at the table and, and make sure that the laws are going to be good. Because what we know is as soon as the laws are bad, they will harm innovation. And likely they're going to push all of this stuff overseas. We're not going to have any of the revolution that's about to come. So I'm excited about that, Joe, and I definitely got to get you a Bitcoin wallet here very soon. Maybe we'll set that up after the show. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, one minute to go, uh, as uh, well, we had an election north of the border uh, over the course of the last uh, week or so. I wanted to get your thoughts uh, on 
Well, Aladdin himself uh, and... Uh, I apologize for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBG, LGBTQ2+. That's your boy, uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, re-elected as uh, the prime minister. Uh, share some thoughts uh, on this election north of the border since that's your native land uh, in Arabia. Sure is, sure is my native land. So I did not vote for him. Uh, had an election. His power didn't change. He's, he's at a status quo. Uh, basically, his time is limited. So Aladdin ain't going to be there much longer. We'll see what happens the next few months, Joe, but I'm hoping for some change. Hope for a little bit of change. Yael Osowski with the Consumer Choice Center. I was closer to than your native land last week than you've been in a long, long time, Yael. And, uh, whoa, Niagara Falls, what a beauty. It's always a oh. pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much, Joe. All the best. <laughs> of course, uh, Justin Trudeau uh, caught a little heat a while back. Uh, well, because he was uh, dressed as a Middle Eastern uh, Aladdin for Halloween one time. I mean, how offensive. This is the world we're living in, folks. Uh, the year is 2021. Five bozos on the clown meter for anyone thought that Justin Trudeau uh, had to resign because uh, he dressed as Aladdin one time on Halloween. We'll talk to you Monday. 